in the Civil Rights Act of 1968, America does move forward. And the bell of freedom rings out a little louder. Hi there. This is A Little Louder, a podcast for wonks, housers, and rabble-rousers where we talk about fair housing, community development, and how we can use these issues to build people power and work toward equity and justice. I'm Michael D. Pland. Highway expansion and construction is something that has been fraught with racist and classist issues for half of a century. And 2023, we're still dealing with a lot of these same types of issues. Today, we're joined by a few guests who are a part of StopTex.I45, which is dealing with these exact issues in Houston. So first, before we get started, I'd love to introduce some of the folks joining us. First, I'd like to introduce Sophie Dolberg, a former Texas Hauser. Welcome to the show, Sophie. Hello. Thank you, Michael. Happy to be here. Next, I'd like to introduce Allie Smither from StopTex.I45 in Airlines Houston. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. And lastly, I'd love to introduce Kendra London from Our African Family. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that all of y'all are able to join us. And if you could please give us a little background about, you know, who you work with and and what the work is with regard to StopTextDot. Yeah, absolutely. So I work for Airlines Houston and I've volunteered with Stop Text at I-45 for the past three years. I came in around November 2020. There was an event at the White Oak Bayou area that actually Kendra spoke at, I believe. And that was like my first introduction to anything with fighting the I-45 expansion, even knowing it was going on. So now here I am three years later with all of you still still fighting it. I'm Kendra London. I'm the founder and director of Our African Family, located in Fifth Ward. We collaborate with Stop I-45 and Air Alliance when it comes to advocating for the impacted communities. Of course, Fifth Ward is an impacted area, Segment 3, known as Segment 3, when it comes to the plans of the I-45 expansion. So it's been, like Ali said, three plus years for advocating and assisting all of those, all of the residents and neighbors here in Fifth Ward about the I-45 expansion. And Sophie, you know, you're sort of in a unique position. Could you give us just like a little bit of background on on where you came in there? Yeah, sure. Um, So... As maybe some of our more regular listeners know, um, we, Housers, likes to ask questions about kind of the present state of things and how they became this way, looking at history. And I-45 is definitely a relevant project when it comes to looking at history and discrimination and unequal treatment of particularly Black and Hispanic communities in Houston. And so we were drawn to looking at this project from like a historic perspective and looking at how highway, like expanding the same highway continues to perpetuate the harm that TxDOT already um, brought upon these communities. And in particular, we were looking at the 
historic neighborhoods of Fifth Ward and Independence Heights and the ways that the highway cut off some of the biggest Black economic centers in Houston and how today, if, if the highway is extended, it will do a similar thing to communities that have both history and economic development happening and also housers likes to look at housing and affordable housing in particular. And we were looking at two affordable housing complexes, Clayton Homes and Kelly Village, which would experience a substantial amount of displacement as well as the homeowners in many neighborhoods around Houston. And we looked at kind of what the policies were when it comes to TxDOT and relocation and what kind of benefits people will receive. And how people felt about it, talking to residents, and how they felt about losing their housing or losing their home that they spent a lot of money to purchase, and the questions they were asking and the communication that TextHout was giving with the residents about what would happen. And so we worked on a relocation checklist, looking at kind of various properties around the state of Texas that were experiencing relocation and came up with some recommendations in general, like best practices that should be done for anyone being relocated, in particular in affordable housing. So around, I guess the origin of this was about 2019. And I know that Housers and, you know, you and a lot of other of our co-conspirators, collaborators, uh, other folks were helping out with this. So you sort of worked on this through the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit about the work during that time, how it evolved and where it went from there? Yeah. So the I-45 expansion project has been on Hauser's radar probably, I mean, for decades. It's been kind of like in the works for decades, but a lot of our work really did start ramping up after after in the midst of some of the community meetings that were happening and votes that were happening and like in various governmental entities. Um, So we started primarily talking to some residents in Clayton homes and did some door knocking, met some people. And then either shortly after or right before, I can't remember the pandemic started. So a lot of our communication was then on the phone and kind of asking, hey, can you connect me with your neighbor? Like, I'd love to talk to more people about their experience. And that kind of coincided with a lot of people having questions about from TxDOT about, okay, so we heard that we're going to be relocated. And, and Clayton Homes in particular had been flooded during Harvey and is one of the oldest or was one of the oldest affordable housing complexes in the Houston area and faced lots of pest issues, lots of Lots of things that people really wanted out of, and but people were living with their backs, boxes packed for for months because they thought that they were going to be relocated soon, and then TxDOT failed to communicate with them about when they were actually going to be relocated, and the process around Section 8 vouchers and allocation of vouchers was pretty unclear. So we set up some phone calls between resident tenants and TxDOT to talk about kind of more of the logistics of the process and 
So we met to prepare some questions and then we talked on the phone with the, some of the people overseeing the process of relocation at TechStot all together to try to get some transparency around what was going on and, and what would happen. So that's a little bit of what we did during the initial part of the pandemic. I think that that's really some important context of like how long that A, a lot of the folks were waiting on TechStot and B, a lot of the work that, you know, we were collecting, you know, their experiences, collecting what they felt would be necessary. But Allie, maybe you can sort of provide some timeline stuff just to get us current to the present day. Like, how did we get to where we are now? Yeah, absolutely. So planning for the I-45 expansion began 24 years ago, right? So government interests, business interests were starting to be informed 24 years ago, which is really egregious when you consider the short life of this in the public eye. So yeah, planning began 24 years ago, but in 2017, it was the I-45 expansion was formally announced. And in May of 2017, there were the public hearings on the draft environmental statement. So that was around when, you know, people were starting to get really involved and like public opposition was growing. And then since 2017, so, so many things have happened. I came on in 2020, but my best understanding is essentially there were many different levers of trying to affect and change this. And they all were just met with like hostility frankly. So, you know, in 2019, there was huge public pushback against the Houston Galveston Area Council approving the funding. So in July of 2019, they actually delayed their vote because so many people showed up. There was so much public pushback. And then in March of 2021, they approved the funding. And in that final vote, it was an 11-14 final vote and the Houston and Harris County officials all voted against it but they were outvoted by the suburban and rural areas. So March, 2021 is when that funding moved forward. And in between that was also, you know, the city of Houston did public engagement resulting in Fission C. This was a design alternative and it was ignored by TxDOT. And then in March of 2021, around when the funding was approval, that's when Harris County filed their NEPA lawsuit. January 2021, Alina Hidalgo sent a letter to the Federal Highway Administration requesting that they intervene. And then, of course, in December 2021, the Federal Highway Administration instituted their federal pause to investigate the Title VI complaints that were filed by many of our orgs and partner orgs, and most importantly, many individuals whose homes would be taken, most importantly. So those are all things that happened. And then most recently, Um, In December of 2022, Harris County and Houston lifted their lawsuits and reached memorandums of understanding with TxDOT, uh, lifting their paws on the highway. And then in end of February 2023, the Federal Highway Administration came to a voluntary resolution agreement with TxDOT and lifted their paws on I-45. So essentially, I would summarize that by saying many things have happened over the past 24 years that the public was not aware of. And then many things have happened since 2016 with many well-informed and engaged and newly engaged Houstonians giving input. And all of those have been met with strong arming from TxDOT, including our, you know, city and county officials. And now we're here. 
with the pause lifted. So we're sort of in a new, a new phase of fighting this freeway right now. Yeah, that is a lot of ground to cover. A lot can happen. I know. Just, <laughs> a lot can happen in just, you know, seven, six, seven short years. And so much of that has been because of the robust public pushback and people, you know, organizing together and sticking together and making sure that we don't just roll over and let this thing barrel through Houston. Actually, I want to follow up on that. I would love to know more about sort of what is the temperature from the public? You know, what what is the the, the pushback from, you know, regular folks who who join up with these organizations? What's what's the sort of current mission for a lot of these folks? The pushback for this I-45 expansion when it comes to those that are impacted, which segment three is, I think we took the hardest and the worst hit of this I-45 expansion. It was very racial. It is very racial. It's, it's I think it's white supremacy at its finest. They said they paused the expansion, but this pause never included segment three. Segment three is every community that ends with the word ward. So fifth ward, third ward, mm-hmm. uh, fourth ward, which is Freemantown. All of these are black and brown communities. So you pause it for every other community but they had the right to continue planning when it came to our communities. We, like Ali mentioned earlier, they received word in 2018. We like our community received knowledge about the I-45 expansion way too late, which made us, of course, like I always say, reactive instead of proactive. And because we lacked the knowledge, we lacked the proper time to advocate for ourselves. When I first got in, OAF first got involved with the advocacy against I-45, we were at a community meeting in Fifth Ward Multi-Service Center. And I'll never forget asking the question, if you all can show us what you will destroy, because they put up a map of Kelly Village at the time, that they were going to destroy the backside of Kelly Village and Clayton Holmes, if you all could put up a map to show us what you would destroy, can you now put up the map to show us what you will replace for displacing those residents within the community that you're destroying? We were told that they couldn't do it because other bidders would would know, you know, some type of foolishness about other bidders would know their plans on what they're going to buy. And then TxDOT stated, one of TxDOT representatives stated that they will build two miles behind Kelly Court. If you go two miles behind Kelly Court, there's nowhere to build and another affordable housing complex because this is now East River. So East River is a project by Midway I-45 will take traffic directly to Midway's project. So to me, these $2 billion entities had meetings on how they would take over our community. And they did. And we we lacked knowledge of it. If they planned this 24 years ago, 
and they only began to engage the community because they had to do a check to check off a list to check the box off the list that the community was aware they did it they started in 2017 so now today my community faces the reality of knowing that they only have three years to find somewhere to stay so imagine the seniors that are very self-sufficient in my community having to find a place to stay within three years without navigators. TxDOT is not even giving proper navigators for the residents. And we know that because we saw it happen with Clayton Homes. So we, whatever they did with Clayton Homes is exactly what they will do with Kelly Village. So today they only want the backside of Kelly Village. In three years, they will announce that they will need the entire property. I, I will put my life on it, that they destroyed that in, entire apartment complex because there's no way they're going to allow an affordable housing complex to be that close to East River Project. It's no way. So currently, the residents of Fifth Ward are, I wouldn't use another word besides traumatized. Mm. Like, they make an announcement and say, Oh, great news. Housing has opened the waiting list for three years, right? So the residents are like, okay, we could get a housing voucher. They're going to open the waiting list for three years. You call there now, the waiting list is closed. And then when you get the housing voucher, there's a domino effect of burdens that come with that voucher. You're going to give them vouchers to move them into the suburbs where they will feel that they have access to a community. They do not. I was on a Section 8 program before. I was on a housing voucher before. When you move into these communities, if you're on a fixed income, you cannot afford the um, cost of living in Humble. You cannot afford the cost of living in Atascacita, Pearland, Woodlands, or Sugarland. And I'm trying to figure out for the life of me, why isn't it a flag that the Woodlands wouldn't even accept housing vouchers? They didn't even want black and brown people living there. But today, they accept housing vouchers. So you can't tell me this isn't a racial injustice. These We're being pushed out without being given proper resources. So we lack transportation here. We depend on Metro to be self-sufficient because this is a working class community that take the night shift and graveyard shifts and we use the bus to do so. My grandmother used the bus to do so when she used to clean up in River Oaks. So now you push them out to to these neighborhoods where there's no bus, no transportation at all. And if you want to kill an elder, leave them alone. Put them by themselves. So they're not only displacing residents, they're also they're destroying our culture. So even when it comes to the children that will go to these new high schools and elementaries, they're going to go with the cloud over their head that they came from the zip code 77020-77026. If anything happens in these schools, any type of misunderstanding, our kids will be the aggressor just because of the environment that 
they were born and raised in that is stereotyped. So when TxDOT does these type of things and they do not put in place proper qualities of life to go along with this housing voucher, this fake golden ticket that they're giving to my neighbors, we lose. We lose it now. I think it's really important to add rich context to, you know, not just what happens with a voucher, but what happens or doesn't happen after a voucher. Right. You know, like, I mean, you're given the sort of context of, you know, we don't even know if it will be accepted. The state of Texas does not have uh, source of income protections for voucher holders. So unfortunately common that voucher holders may not even get to go into these places if they happen to find a place because they can be refused. Michael, with this housing voucher, even your name, if I say I want, I have a housing voucher and I call the landlord and I tell them my name is Lakeisha Fuller or my name is Katoya, whoever. Oh, I'm not reading to them because I already know they black. You see? So there's so many things that are in place that are not being considered for those that will be displaced. Segment three should be paused until it's figured out. If you all are going to go along with the expansion and you care about the life of those that you are destroying, how dare you give them a piece of paper and say, now go find your way. Absolutely not. You talked a little bit earlier about how Third Ward, Fifth Ward, Town, all those places, they were not given the advance warning or notice that this is going to happen. So y'all were sort of caught on the back foot. Y'all were caught on off balance a little bit to have the kind of engagement that you wanted. But now you've got a lot of people rallied behind you. There was a lot of pushback. Uh, there are a lot of folks who are partnered here. I'm just thinking of obviously the folks included here today, but you know, for thinking folks like Link Houston as well, thinking mm-hmm. folks like Houston Action as well. A lot of groups, a lot of people are sort of rallied together. So what is the current status? What is the current plans in terms of, is it, is it like a raising awareness? Is it a, uh, we're working towards an action. What, what is the current status of, of, of what's going on with Stop Text I-45? Our African family is committed to doing educational and charitable, charitable events. So we have a community center list located in Fifth Ward. So in June, the fourth Saturday, starting in June, Every fourth Saturday after our community garden event, we have our doors open to continue to educate about the I-45 expansion. So we would do monthly bike tours every third Saturday that would teach political structure and educate on the I-45 expansion. And we are committed to continuing to do so. Yeah, I think we're we're at a interesting moment right now because so much education has to happen, right? Like so much has happened and people don't know what's going on, right? And that's by design. So we're doing a big educational push with with our partners like Kendra um, to do that. And then, you know, I always say, you know, we're pulling every lever we can find. I mean, it's hard because everybody's really tired, but we're pulling every lever we can find and those levers change. And, you know, 
if you want to know what we're up to, you can always check us out on social media. Uh, you can come to our general meetings and those are every other Tuesday and they're on our calendar, which is on the StopTexAI45 website. But yeah, just continuing to, you know, honor our relationships and try and educate and let people know what's going on because people are so smart and they can make their own decisions about how they um, want to engage on this. But the first step is educating and making sure people know what's going on. So, you know, we're doing presentations, we're working with other groups, we're driving around, door knocking flyers, you know, the whole thing. So yeah, all of it, all the time. What is the sort of ideal future of highway expansion look like and how can we sort of address it, wrangle it, whatever. How, what, what does that future look like? And I'll just open it up to everybody. I just really hate when people frame the people who are opposing highway expansions as people who don't want good things for the city. I mean, what I would say is that Houston deserves a project that like fixes our current infrastructure, not makes it worse. So we should not be widening highways. We know they don't work. We know widening highways are is a racist, terrible thing to do that disproportionately hurts black and brown communities. We should not be widening highways. So I think in an ideal world, we, world, we fix the things that need to be fixed and we build like robust, accessible public transit and affordable housing. That's what we should be putting our time towards, not knocking down wonderful homes in vibrant communities, you know? It's just so clearly not the right thing to be doing. This is a classic Texas Housers response, but I think it's it really encapsulates um, what I believe and also what I think Texas Housers also stands for, uh, which uh, is the the classic fair housing and neighborhood rights for rights that 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 group continues to assert, which are the right to stay, the right to choose, the right to equal treatment, and the right to have a say. And that everyone should have those options, right? So that means that when we're talking about a highway expansion, like people should have the right to stay in their neighborhood if it's if the highway is going to be expanded, or they should have the right to stay in their home and not have the highway be expanded. People should have the right to choose if if they do want to move out of their neighborhood, they should have real options and like they should be able to move somewhere else. And then the right to equal treatment gets at both the history and the present of that this highway project disproportionately affects in particular Black and Hispanic communities in Houston. And that's unfair, obviously. And then the right to have a say that I think both Ali and Kendra mentioned the the residents of Houston by and large didn't have much of a say, much of a weren't involved in so much of the planning process for for the decades during which it was going on. And not until like the past few years have even really known about it. That doesn't give people the option to have their voices heard. And I think the other thing worth mentioning is that there were there were community meetings where where people looked at alternative options to what the highway expansion could be and overwhelmingly people were in support of options that prioritized transit prioritized pedestrians and and people who who use transit and walk and bike and also prioritized 
keeping people in their homes, allowing people to stay. I think the other thing is how the highway introduced flooding into neighborhoods that previously didn't have flooding. And in particular, I believe Independence Heights faced flooding after the highway was introduced in the first place. And it is really important to always mention flooding when we're talking about Houston and that we could be investing in flood mitigation projects and adding more concrete won't fix our flooding problems. Absolutely. I, that, that point is very true. And we could talk for another half hour just on that alone. But Kendra, I would love to know what you feel like an ideal future is for StopTex.I-45 and, and mitigating and managing highway expansion. Well, like you said, that is historically done in black and brown communities. So ideally, I would I would love it or be wishful, wishfully thinking that historically TxDOT can quit using the red line to target their new infrastructure. Delete or go away with that red line, period, because that is a racial outline. And also before approving infrastructure funding, why not prove that it will reduce traffic before you fund them? Prove that it will it reduce environmental harm or not bring or not add to the environmental harm that we are already suffering from. So to build the construction before the destruction of our communities. So before you come in and destroy, you have to show us a plan of what you will have built so the people will not be displaced and they will have an option of staying home and you won't destroy generational wealth. You won't destroy generational wealth by destroying the small businesses that will be impacted by this I-45 expansion, the churches and the schools that will also be impacted by this expansion. So to take away the schools is to take away our community because you have taken away our youth. So how can our community continue to grow if you have taken away the young people that will purchase homes within their community later? That option is taken from them. So historically, this has always been a racial injustice and my family is a great example of it. As a renter and a homeowner, my grandmother was left out of knowledge that I-45 was coming through. So as a renter in the 70s, she had no clue about the I-45 expansion. And in 2017, I had to tell her about the I-45 expansion. So as a renter, they didn't care about her thoughts. When she became a homeowner right across the street from the home that she rented, they could care less about her thoughts because we had no literature that they were coming. And if I wouldn't have told her, she wouldn't have shared her stories about how she was ignored in the 70s with me. So it's a lot to deal with in a matter of time that we're discussing this. And like you said, we could go on for hours about it. But before approving the funding, they should prove how how it will be helpful to all. Like, why is this helpful to everyone? It's not helpful to everyone. It's helpful to the wealthy. And it's destruction to those, to the working class. It's destruction to us. So, 
and the lower income is is destruct it destroys us but that's who they prey upon they prey upon the the communities of least resistance and the only reason we're the communities of least resistance is because it's just like Alice said it's strategically done that we get the knowledge when we get the knowledge so for the listeners where can they find you if they want to learn more about stoptext.i45 or your work on social media on our platforms we're our african family african is spelled with a k we're our african family community center if you want to stop by the center we're located at 4603 orange street in fifth ward so um you can follow us on instagram at our African Family Community Center. Allie? Yes, and you can uh, learn more about stoptext.i45 at stoptext.i45.com or stoptext.i45 on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us, Sophie Dolberg, Ali Smither, Kendra London. It's been such a great time learning more about this topic, and this is something that Housers obviously is continuing to work on. So listeners at home, you can follow us on our blog to learn more. But that's going to do it for this episode of A Little Louder, and JT Herich-Mack will play us out. Bye for now. Yeah.